The Center for Healing Trauma and Attachment, or CADA, founded by the visionary Doreen Hills, is dedicated to providing innovative and compassionate treatment for those seeking profound healing. CADA's mission is clear, to offer driven, passionate, and cutting-edge therapeutic approaches that not only heal trauma, but also address the needs of the soul. They believe that true healing goes beyond symptom management and is about restoring wholeness. So whether you're an individual seeking therapy, a provider or therapist looking for training, or a member of the community in need of support, CADA offers quality and affordable trainings tailored to your unique needs. To learn more, visit chtainc.org. That's chtainc.org. All right, welcome back to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. My name is Guy McPherson. My mission is to raise awareness of trauma and to support and inspire new trauma therapists just starting out on the trauma-informed journey. I do that with my membership community, Trauma Therapist 2.0, my online courses and workshops, and the Trauma Therapist newsletter. If you're a therapist of any kind and you work with individuals who've been impacted by trauma, I invite you to head on over to my website at thetraumatherapistproject.com. That's thetraumatherapistproject.com. All right, let's get started. So five, four, three, two, and one. Our folks, welcome back to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. I am very excited to have as my guest today, Jackie Compton. Jackie, welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are welcome. So Jackie is a registered psychotherapist in private practice. She's a registered art therapist, a certified advanced practitioner in sensory motor psychotherapy, and a trainer in development with the Sensory Motor Psychotherapy Institute. Jackie's also an instructor and clinical supervisor at the Toronto Art Therapy Institute and facilitates a course on cultural humility and trauma-informed art therapy. In addition, she's a published poet, mother, and speaker. Over the past 15 years, she's developed a trauma-focused practice incorporating art-based, body-based, and talk-based therapy and currently currently resides in Toronto and Jap- Jackie sleeps one hour a night. <laughs> How do you uh, do that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. What an awesome, awesome, interesting uh, background and, and, and uh, practice you have going on here. So let's get going on here. First of all, before we get started, Jackie, share with our listeners where you're from originally and where you are currently. Okay, so originally, I grew up on the island of St. Lucia, and I was born in Toronto. So I have like two homes, but I reside in Toronto currently. Okay, okay. so um, very excited to have you on here as a sensory motor psychotherapy practitioner. I mean, sensory motor psychotherapy, I went through, as a lot of my listeners maybe know, I went through level one and level two, changed my life. And so honored and fortunate to have them sponsoring this podcast. And I wanted to invite you on here as as part of that. So let's start. How the heck did you get into this field? Okay. So it actually started with my uh, grade 11 art teacher who introduced me to art therapy. I actually wasn't really aware of that practice. And as soon as she named it um, and expressed that way of showing up in the world and being with others, it really landed. So 
art I, therapy. Art therapy. And yeah. when you say art therapy, what do we talk? What was she talking about here, and what so resonated with you? So when I did my major project, I was exploring my own experience of trauma and um, just getting to understand more of the embodiment of expression of emotions that didn't really have like a language, but had a language that almost transcended expression. So that really resonated with me. I was really connected to that felt sense of expression that could actually have a place mm -hmm. and have a story and create a transformative change. So it was named in that way to me and it just met my desire to do trauma work also with a different way of being and understanding our stories. So this, this felt sense, I love the, the, the language you're using, you, this felt sense and a language that almost didn't have um, a language yeah. Was it also resonating with you uh, because of your own experiences, because of your own trauma? It resonated with me with my own creative understanding of how I'd like to show up in the world. And, okay. it, and also my just my deep connection to my body that I didn't really realize at the time. I just called it like intuition and I, mm -hmm. I called it this this knowing it's like, I just mm -hmm. have a feeling and mm -hmm. I could understand and communicate in that way. And so art therapy. And then as I moved into um, sensory motor practice, it really, it created such a foundation. I was like, Oh, Oh, this really is a thing mm -hmm. <laughs> that can support um, being in relationship and mm -hmm. allow others as well. So it, it was quite like a sacred experience. And that's how I think of therapy too. And it just, was invited into my world in that way that was quite magical and also was already like resonating in my being, but I didn't really, it, I couldn't really name it yet. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Um, so what, how did things evolve after that experience in, uh, in 11th grade? It, you know, it's funny. It took me to a place of like, I was really interested in doing um, dream therapy so kind of I wanted to go into that like Jungian way of learning and understanding but when I started um going into studying like psychology and philosophy and doing my master's in art therapy it it just it was a path that really supported me and directed me to the work I really wanted to do which was my my deep desire to understand trauma from like my own experience of an embodiment of oppression, my own experience of just trauma and um, violence against women, that that whole sort of mm -hmm. um, sector that I worked in for a long time. Um, that's where I started in my trauma work. Um, and yeah, it, it just really led me to a more formative understanding of what therapy was. That was just outside of Western thinking a bit, but still, yeah, had a different, resonated in, um, you know, like traditional practices. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I want to, I want to get there, but I want, I want to find the, the kind of steps you took. So mm -hmm. 11th grade, 12th grade, what did you do when you started, when you went to college, were you like, okay, I'm going to be a therapist. 
no, I wanted to be like, like a tarot reader and a dream reader. <laughs> I wanted to like, sort of like, you know, unfold the future, which was so interesting to me because I was like, okay, this is funny. How am I, where am I going to go to school for that? And like this art therapy idea was in the back of my mind. And, and then philosophy was something that was really, really important to me. So I, that's what I was traditionally going to study. I was going to go to university and study philosophy. Okay. And then I was like, hold on, philosophy and psychology really, well, they really go together. It's exploring um, that meaning of what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. And and just that moved me in the direction to like then very quickly I I went into majoring in psychology and then very quickly went right after that into art therapy. I see. Okay. Yeah. Now, what art therapy? I think. Well, let me say to me can mean a few different things. What does it mean to you, and how do you yeah. describe it? So today right now in my relationship and understanding art therapy for myself i i actually really name it as a it's art oriented talk therapy sort of in the sense that i don't know thinking of sensory motor psychotherapy like it's a body oriented focused therapy and for me the art making or creativity is a tool whether it's in physical form, whether it's in our imagination and using that creative way of thinking, whether it's through movement. Um, For me, art therapy is a a tool of expression and a place to land in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when there isn't any words to, that metabolized yet to express. So it's like allowing the unexpressed to be expressed and having a space for that. Is, is, are you including within that expressive arts? Or is I, for of... myself, I do, but okay. um, I just really think of art therapy as a philosophy too, as, as a way of being and just, just a different way of um, exploring and being in relationship. It's sort of like a three-way conversation where mm. There's me as therapist, client, and then this art piece maybe that we can have like a a dialogue with it. Mm-hmm. And so we can have a conversation with this piece in the room and client can also build a relationship with a part of themselves or their mm-hmm. story, but from an externalized, um, from externalized space that in a sense creates like a frame for mm-hmm exploration Mm -hmm. yeah it's not so like direct you know right that's a really good explanation um when you were studying this what was one of the things that jumped out at you and said oh my gosh yes this is what i want to study this is making sense to me um take us there if you could yeah so a beautiful part of the training is is that experiential process. So, like you know, going and diving into your own journey and building a relationship with art and building a relationship with art making. Um, and so, for me, it was those like group experientials where I was. I had no idea what was beneath the surface of me. I thought I knew. I, I actually really didn't until mm. I started 
building this relationship with this place of expression that I didn't even know existed. And so mm. it actually even shaped, I would say it gave me a clear understanding of the type of work I wanted to do. All right, you gotta, and, be, and you gotta be more specific because this sounds okay. really, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so as I was exploring through these experiential ways of working, I, I came to realize a skill that I name now, I didn't actually know at the time was my intuition. And the art making for me, um, I started building a relationship with it. So there were some pieces of my own trauma that I didn't realize um, were there and had, a, had space to be expressed. Mm -hmm. And they actually had a place where I could explore myself and the desire to embody being a therapist, embody being an art therapist, but and also explore those places that weren't met yet. And so I was able to have this conversation with myself through through this art making journey. And it was often through, you know, doing these very organic, intuitive pieces. Like that's how I would create. And I would actually get lost in any kind of directive because I would get into my thinking mind and be like, okay, I have to do this directive right so I can do it right for my clients. So, okay, how do I do this for myself? Mm -hmm. And I noticed I would continuously get in the way of my intuition and my attunement, just with myself, mm -hmm. um, which did happen with my clients as I was learning and growing. Um, but it, it brought attention to my skill. I was like, oh, okay, hold on. I, I have this thing called attunement Mm -hmm. And I'm not quite sure what to do with it. And so really like that expression and that, that place of creativity within me was me building a relationship with myself. Mm. Um, and yeah, it changed my life in a, wow. in a sense. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I, I yeah. kind of want to come back to that. And I, I might ask you about that when we talk about an early clinical error. Mm. Um, but let's talk about, your introduction to sensory motor psychotherapy, how did that come about and what yeah. struck you about it? So, um, so in my early work as a trauma therapist, I did a lot of um, group, group therapy and I would collaborate with other practitioners and I was a practitioner that was in level one training of sensory motor. And she's like, Oh, like you, you really have those uh, principles of SP down. And I was like, what language are you talking? I, I, I don't understand. Um, like, what's SP? I don't even know what that is. And she's like, oh my goodness, you have to, you have to, you're, you're doing it. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> and so um, I decided I, you know, I read about it and I was like, oh yes. Like I'm already naturally, I thought of myself as um, body oriented and just the art um, as myself as an art therapist. So it just seemed like it just really resonated with me and I'll never forget my first day and the, the, the principles of sensory motor practice came up and I was like, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is it. And okay. What, just, what tell us about what was yeah. getting you? What were those principles that were saying so, to you? So the, like, all of them. And, but the first one that really, and it still does, is that presence and mindfulness. And 
just the way it was named, like just all of them, like unity, holism, organicity, nonviolence, mm-hmm. rational alchemy, all those together for me were, for myself, was how I like to show up in the world. So already when I saw those principles, I was like, that's a way of being. Mm-hmm. That's not just like a a model or mm-hmm. a, a practice. It's a way of being. And for me, like that organicity and that presence and mindfulness was something that I was cultivating for myself, but and and practicing um, to embody. And for me as well, it held um, elements of what I believe are parts of an anti-oppressive way of practicing. Mm that's really like in relationship and that's collaborative that's like curious mm-hmm. and that experiment like the experimenting I was like yeah that's what I do like oh like that playfulness of like let's just get curious and imagine and see what that feels like or looks like um so I was just like like an hour in I was I was like okay now there's a foundation and a structure that I can actually work from because before I it felt sort of unwavering for me like just doing the, the the trauma work but there was a there was validation in the way I was already working and there was also like a clear structure and foundation that I could hold myself in right it's yeah like, it's like you had me yeah. at organicity <laughs> yeah exactly I was like oh my goodness I'm like that's <laughs> that's what I desire just to like that's how I I wish to be in the world and also just witnessing that experience in others it's like it's it's such a gift when you started working and seeing clients uh people who'd experienced trauma what was that like for you initially are you ready to become the best version of yourself cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support and it is 100 percent online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you you get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist prescriber or both in a safe and judgment-free space no more worrying about finding the right provider or scheduling appointments cerebral brings it all to you whenever and wherever you need it. To get started on your path towards better mental health, Cerebral is giving you, the Trauma Therapist Podcast listeners, 15% off your first month of online therapy, medication, or both. Get started by going to Cerebral.com slash podcast and use the code the Trauma Therapist. That's Cerebral, C-E-R-E-B-R-A-L.com slash podcast. And don't forget to use the code the Trauma Therapist to get 15% off your first month. Make 2024 your best year yet. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Please see site for details. Going Inside is a new podcast on a mission to help you heal from trauma and connect with your authentic self. Hosted by licensed trauma therapist John Clark, this show explores trauma healing through the lens of internal family systems therapy with detours into EMDR, somatic experiencing, and much more. 
Tune in for enlightening guest expert interviews, immersive solo deep dives, real therapy sessions, and soothing guided meditations. Head on over to johnclocktherapy.com slash podcast or search for Going Inside with John Clark on your favorite podcast platform. Once again, head on over to johnclocktherapy.com forward slash podcast or search for Going Inside with John Clark on your favorite podcast platform. How did you meet that? How did you sit with that? Yeah. Well, this is where I learned a lot. Learned a lot. Um, I I noticed for myself, so now I can name it as somatic transference. But I would just go all in. Like I didn't have any... Um, understanding of how I was holding someone's story and Mm -hmm. and I didn't have to know the narrative I sensed it in my body so much so that it was so overwhelming like I just was like it was that like rescuer in me and also just trying to just like like my yeah my mirror neurons my just were on fire just really holding that space for someone but holding it so much that there wasn't um, a separation. Mm-hmm. So quickly, there was a lot of like, this isn't the right work for me. What do I think I'm doing? This is, I, I don't have the capacity to do this work. Um, it would just, it was like this um, residual experience in my body where like stories were just going like right behind my heart. Mm. Um and I didn't really have a, a way of navigating um, that that level of attunement that was present for me and that somatic transference that was actually like, now I see it as such a gift, mm-hmm. but I had to learn and, and find ways of um, tuning into it. And honestly, the sensory motor um, practice room really supported that organicity that like that presence that was there but also how to understand it and be in relationship with it for myself so I could be in relationship um and and hold that um hold that story mm-hmm. and, and hold um the experience that was happening and and finding that that um boundary like resources for myself where I could hold myself so I could really be with like really be with Versus like, like, like just kind of almost over consume myself where I would get lost in mm-hmm. um, the experience. So for our listeners who maybe have heard about sensory motor psychotherapy, because I talk a lot mm-hmm. about it here on the podcast, mm-hmm. but who aren't exactly familiar with what you, maybe you're saying, talk a little bit more about how sensory motor psychotherapy does or wouldn't allow you to uh, be more present without becoming too much or giving yourself over too much. Yeah. So what I really appreciate about the sensory motor practice is it, for me, it brings such clarity because it holds a structure and a a way of um, working with trauma that, that isn't that doesn't overwhelm the, the system for both therapist and client. And so having that like 
you know, those different phases, like, so, you know, I've just even the, the stages of recovery, like stage one, safety and stabilization, and that phase one treatment in sensory motor therapy really is about exploring that land of, of safety and, and stabilization and exploring and honoring resources mm-hmm. in all shapes, like the, resor- the resources of trauma that have like supported us and also the resources that um, there are already present in navigating the world and exploring new resources to support that sense of what it's like to be in that window of wisdom. And I find just having that structure and having the foundation of safety to work with and hold and give space for um, building a relationship with trauma, like that really um, supported me in so many ways. And that the body holds all this wisdom and it can be, we can enter it in so many different ways, Mm -hmm. um, creates um, an ability to have a a deeper understanding of one's experience. So an understanding of mine, as well as my clients, because it's helped me resource myself so that I can really support allowing those resources for a client to, to emerge to the surface mm-hmm. collaboratively without pushing it just so like, it's like, Oh, cause it's like right there. And, and that's, what's so beautiful. I think it's like when that, the, that sort of experience of trauma can rest that like folks can just emerge forward, you mm. know, gently. So yeah, it's the, just that way of working and, and having, I think for me, the sensory motor practice too, just the way it builds a relationship with trauma is so important. Like that psychoeducation doesn't need to be in this, can be accessible mm-hmm. because it's actually can make sense for that person's lived experience, which I can't say, but we can explore it together. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling this in my body and I, I want to push it away, but like, oh, but let's get curious about what you're feeling because that has something important to say. And if there's a reason that it's there and getting to understand maybe that dysregulation allows space for t- tending to that, reg- regulating that without, you know, being really problem focused maybe mm-hmm. or, yeah. What yeah. do you think is your, I mean, obviously you are incredibly passionate about this. It seems like you were born mm-hmm to do this work. (laughs) What do you think? And I I don't say that lightly. I mean, you do know, what do you think, Jackie, it is about you that allows you to do this work? And I would even ask you, what do you think is, is one of your quality, really good qualities that allows you to do this? Yeah. Um, it's that that playfulness but it's the playfulness that for me like it allows it it actually like it holds it can hold the heaviness Mm -hmm. it can hold the the pain because that playfulness also is is just a place of wisdom so i've noticed that for myself that i can you know, either it's physically like playfully, I move like 
figuring out ways to like dance with experiences and and also just a playful energy that allows that wisdom of curiosity to come to the surface that doesn't that's not judgmental it's just mm-hmm. like oh, like how do we how can we hold this in a way that has a tenderness to it and I, I, I don't know I think playfulness does that like for me outside in my life like and just me as a person like that's sort of the way I like to enter um, experiences and, and and things that can seem really like big and, and overwhelming um, there, there's we can meet it in a different way and sometimes it's like indirectly mm-hmm. but the indirect um, can create such uh, connection and I like to think of like working with the body and working with like art it's like those two places of expression really do transcend language and we just try to find like what what matches like where can we where can we meet that mm-hmm. it's like you know if we're working with sensations in our bodies like that felt sense maybe which is to me transcends language like okay so what what language could we put to it like what could we put to it like let's get curious about that Who, you know do you have a particular uh clientele you work with or grouping, age grouping, or whatever. Yeah, I work with um, I work with adults, and like in my like history, it was I worked um, in the violence against women sector. So I worked with um, folks that identified as women and and did that. Mm-hmm. And now I have a private practice, so I work with just I work with trauma and work with mainly adults and like a lot of practitioners. Mm-hmm. So um, let, me ask, let me ask yeah. you this. When someone comes into your office, how do you begin to work with them? What are the first couple of, how do you basically kind of assess yeah. them or look, yeah, you know, yeah. engage with them? What do you do? So I, so I do something where we, we explore sort of like, you know, intentions, intentions for their journey from a very cognitive place. Like, what is it, you know, what are you coming for? Let's, let's get an understanding of that. How, how do you want to name that for yourself? How does it show up currently in your life? And then switch it up a little bit to the place of let's find, so that cognitive understanding of what you wish to explore, let's explore it through art making and through the body and see if there's something else. And so that's often done just through an embodiment of may sound kind of cliche, but I often start with what does the word hope mean to you? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? What's your relationship to it? And there's often different experiences around that. There can be a lot of resistance to it. Um, there can be a lot of like, that doesn't really exist in my world. There can, there can be an idea of like, Oh, it's there sometimes. And so we explore the embodiment of it. Like how does that live in your body? If it did imagining that mm-hmm. and how would it be expressed through art? And, and why so, is that hope important for you? Because it gives me, well, for clients, it gives a, a it gives a space of connecting to their, their window. So like, the window tolerance that I like to sort of name it like the window of wisdom or transformation or capacity. I believe that hope lives in there. 
it's a it's a place that is actually has an element of what being present might feel like. Mm. So I, I use the word hope for different reasons because often when we experience trauma, that hope is shattered or it's repressed or it just doesn't it's not a it doesn't make sense in someone's world. And it's really allowing folks to create meaning within themselves, like whatever that means to you, not what it means out there or mm-hmm. what you've been told, but let's let's figure out what that might look like so that the hope becomes a foundation um, and a place of psychoeducation just in that first session on mapping the journey. But that just like, this is how we're gonna enter. And, it's like, and often it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's so magical. Because sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, I get it now. Like, how can grief also hold love and connection and hope? Like, there's this, it's like, oh, we can hold all of these things, like, in our window. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's always just an invitation that folks often, it's just a different way of allowing what needs to um, be met and seen just in that first session in a, in a gentle way, but also it goes deep really quickly. You know? Yeah. Was, yeah. That was awesome response yeah. there. As we, as we kind of wind down here for, for those people who are listening, who are, you know, what do you say to people when they say, Oh, you know, I, I want to learn more about trauma. Where the heck do I start? There are all these modalities. What do I do? Where do I start? Yeah. Oh. So often like the first thing I, I say to folks, or I think of my students too, is what's your relationship to that? You know, what what's what's your relationship to that? How does that desire or curiosity like arrive for you? And so to start there, like what 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 is that? Mm-hmm. What's that story maybe that's within you that's asking also to be met? And how does that maybe that story live into relationship to maybe other experiences of trauma and just just to others? And so, so I, noticed, starting I now, noticed you didn't say, well, you have to learn EMDR and you have to learn this and you have to learn that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm for a reason. Because, you know, like, I think it's, if you can have a foundation of why you want to do the work that you're doing, then it becomes accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Then it starts making sense. So you can shape your own practice, your unique way of um, what moves you and, and how you, you want to, or how you're curious about shaping that. It's sort of like, I don't know, the way like we connect to our bodies, we all have different ways of entering. We might enter with our breath, we might enter through grounding um, or through different activities out there. So the reason I say that is we got to start within ourselves before we sort of map out that journey because we can go all in and we can go all into the theory, but then how much information are we actually taking in? Mm-hmm. And and um, just for it to really like, you know, that, that just to practice an idea of embodiment first. Oh. And then it's like, oh, oh, I really like that practice. And that makes sense. And then you start seeing how 
you know, they're, they're all um, connected in different ways. Like all these beautiful modalities really like, you know, hold one another and um, coming from that lens, like, you know, the, from the in and then out versus working out here and like, oh no, <laughs> so much information. And then working with a human and just like that, just that being with another, like that beingness is so, like that's it to me. Mm -hmm. It's 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 uh yeah beyond theory, but then you can embody theory, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Well, beautifully yeah, thought. Yeah. Um, Jackie Compton, what is the best way for people to get in contact with you? Um, they can email me. Um, and so it's Jackie, J A C Q U I E at the groundedheart.com. Okay. And I'll have that linked up yeah. here at the show notes page at the trauma therapist podcast.com. Your website is awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> that's the groundedheart.com. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome website. Yeah. You are, you're not just pretty intense. You're, you're really intense in the best possible way. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. You know, I get people on oh. here who are just like, you were made to do this work. I mean, it just is like you exude this groundedness and healing. And it's funny because even before you mentioned the word hope, I was thinking to myself, I was thinking about that word and how you seem to emanate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really appreciate you coming on this podcast. I'd love to have you back. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> It was so sweet hanging with you. It's really, I, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Okay, guy, have a good one. All Thanks right, for having too. me. Such You're a welcome. sweet pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. And if you'd like to join the hundreds of other therapists who are each month keeping up to date and informed and inspired about what's going on in the world of trauma, I'd love to invite you to head on over to the Trauma Therapist Newsletter. That's the traumatherapistnewsletter.com.